Hi everyone. This episode is rather unconventional compared to our normal content where we talk to parents, experts and mainly adults about parenting, alienation, divorces and so on. In this episode, we are talking to Jaden Martinez, a 15-year-old who have valuable insights into how she thinks about her parents' marriage, her experience with foster kids, her view on parental alienation, divorces, marriages and having kids and so on. Now, Jaden's situation is a bit different compared to most teenagers as her parents got separated when she was way younger, but then they reconciled and got remarried after some time. Her parents are also active foster parents, which means Jaden had the opportunity to talk to a lot of kids who are coming from broken families. I believe that these things have helped her to shape and expand her understanding of the world, and you will see that her opinions are rather unique compared to most teenagers. I was also assisted by the CEO of Five Parent, Enrique, and also the director of Outreach, Katia, throughout this episode. You will hear their voices when they add to the episode. With that said, we are also looking into expanding these podcasts to include kids and teenagers who have opinions on these heavy topics with the hope of giving a voice to everyone to speak about these topics such as alienation, divorces, marriages, and so on. Now, if you're interested to be part of this podcast, just reach out to me through my email in the show notes. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Jaden, from what I know about your story from uh, Katia and Enrique, I believe that your parents got separated when you were younger. Can you share how that experience was for you? When I was little and my parents were split up, they still lived in the same house. So I never had that separate birthday or separate Christmas that I hear most kids go through. I see. Can you explain a bit about your relationship with your dad? And then we'll talk about your mom as well, just so that uh, people who are listening will be able to understand the kind of relationship that you have with your parents. My dad does have work pretty early. So like when I woke up in the morning, he wasn't there. So it's kind of like um, he went to work at like four in the morning. So when he got back, he'd just sleep. So it was kind of like, kind of like they were separated in that you wouldn't really see them like together as after there wouldn't have like both of them there. But like, if I wanted to go ask them a question, I could. Um, well, my mom, she was always there. She was the one to drop me off at school, take me to like my piano lessons or um, let me visit like my cousin's house or something. Just, she was kind of like managing everything. She was in charge. Now, uh, when I imagine parents being divorced or like, you know, having problems and so on, they will normally get into arguments and fighting and so on. Did you see that growing up? I know that uh, later on, we will discuss the part that they got uh, remarried again and they reconciled. But while they were separated and going through problems, did you see them fighting or or did they, did you see them arguing and how did that affect you? Yeah, I did. Um, I even got between a few when I was little. I just remember like standing in between them with my arms out, yelling at them to stop. I mean, I was pretty young. So I I didn't really know. I just knew it didn't look like how those TV relationships looked. You could kind of feel that something was off, like there was some tension there. What was the worst fight or worst argument that you remember growing up when it comes to your parents? Um, well, like the worst fight was, um, my my dad kind of pushed my mom and I just like, cause they didn't really get into anything physical ever. And it's just, she didn't like fall. She kind of like fell and had to hold the door. And I just like, I remember that now. It's just like, 
wow, kind of just like that happened. But yeah, that, I think that was like one of the worst fights because mostly it was just straight up just yelling at each other. But yeah. Right. I get a feeling while you were discussing about your parents, right? That they both are very different type of people, which uh, I feel like your mom is more grounded kind of thing and your dad is more happy-go-lucky. Am I right? Because uh, from what I know about couples, marriages, relationship and so on, when you have differences like that, that's where like a lot of uh, problems, arguments and everything will arise. Did that happen with your parents as well? Oh, yeah. Actually, kind of recently when we were talking about doing this podcast. Um, but my dad's a pretty strong guy. He works out. He used to even uh, teach a class at the gym and stuff. Uh, if you see him, you, you would see he's pretty, pretty big guy, six feet. So I know that if he wanted to, he could. But like, my mom didn't get hurt in that. She just kind of stumbled backwards. Um, but this kind of like, he didn't really try to hurt her, you know, my mom, she kind of, she worries a lot. She, she likes having everything kind of in order. My dad will just, even for the camping trips, he won't even have a site plan. He'll just be like, oh, maybe this place is open, you know, but she, she needs that stability of like oh this is what's going to go down you know and I think that really helps because like she's kind of uptight about stuff like that and he kind of just like hey calm down breathe just like stop for a moment breathe and I think that really helps and like as she said like it balances them out so it's not like I'm not being micromanaged but at the same time I'm still getting that like Oh, this is what's gonna. This is what's gonna happen. That's stability, you know. For my mom, if I need, like, um, for her, if I'm having like an emotional issue, it's definitely her. If like, oh, like I recent, I'm very um, tomboyish, very kind of masculine, I guess. But, um, yeah, but recently I kind of wanted to like try out like makeup and stuff like that just to see. And I kind of do like it. So I went to her first, like, oh, like, what do you think I should do? Or like, um, but even for like clothing and stuff, because I do kind of like, like to shop in the men's section. I, I go to my dad, he's taking me shopping. But for mom, it's just kind of like, I kind of go to her for everything, but if it's like, oh, I have a question or what does this word mean? Um, or how does this work? Can I, how do I fix this? I'll go to my dad. No, he's kind of more, my dad's really smart and my mom's really hardworking. So it's kind of that perfect um, balance. It's, it's like, I don't know. Why do they compliment them? each other so well like what that's um, a good thing I know yeah but like what <laughs> they compliment each other so well that's so weird um but yeah my dad's pretty technical and kind of straightforward like um they like joke about that stuff like um he'll be talking to me and he'll say like a big word he's like do you know what that means and I'm like kind of and then he'll give me like the exact definition of it and it's just like, how does he know that? It's so, so funny. And and then my mom, she'll be there to like, just, oh, what do I have today? Do I have an appointment? She'll, she kind of has everything under control too. So it's, it's nice. For his Christmas present, because I actually don't really like camping. Um, I, I promised to go on like this backpacking trip with him. So it's, it's like, Talking about that, we even started watching this show together on Netflix um, called Alone. And it's just these people just staying out in the wilderness and whoever stays the longest wins half a million dollars. 
So recently we've been just sitting there watching this show, like talking about like, oh, could you ever do that? And just kind of joking about some of the stuff they're doing, like, um, because they have to find their own food, obviously. So like, oh, how do you make that kind of trap? Or like, oh, is it safe to eat that fish, you know? So just kind of spending quality time with my dad like that. I think we spend like 70% of the time with my mom's side of the family. And then the rest is my dad's. Because um, like uh, my dad has a sister. and um, But he's a few years older than her. And she doesn't really have any kids right now. She's taking care of his mom and dad, my grandparents. And um, I guess I've always been close to, to my mom's side because um, the two, the, the three cousins I have, one of them is uh, a year younger than me and the other one's like three or four, uh, like three and a half years younger. And so I do like, like hanging out with them, playing with them. Uh, I do like playing video games, so I will play that with them. So it's just having friends there on that side, you know? So, like, for the holidays, we'll have uh, my mom's family come over. I think the only big holiday we spend with my dad's family is Thanksgiving. And then for, like, New Year's and Christmas and birthdays, it's, it's a lot of my mom's side. My dad's family is farther. My mom is closer with her sisters than my dad is with his parents. Um, my dad, my my grandpa, my dad's father was an alcoholic, and um, my dad. I guess it's it's not like their relationship is really bad, but it obviously isn't as good as my mom and her sisters. You know, it just kind of makes more sense to be closer to that side because of. Just small little things, just like I said, having my cousins there to hang out, you know? Yep, I totally understand. It kind of seemed like they have the right dynamics to raise a kid when the one is a bit more relaxed, the other one like to follow more of a disciplined timeline and so on. Am I right? Did I say that? Yeah, kind of. But like also at the same time, if things ever do like escalate, like um, it's like... My dad's on both ends of the spectrum and my mom's just kind of there in the middle. So if like, uh, I'm not really listening to my mom and she really needs me to do something, she'll call my dad over and have him like kind of be the disciplinarian at the moment if it really gets there. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know. It's like most of the time he'll be really relaxed. And then my mom, after a while, she'll get fed up with my nonsense and then she'll call my dad over. Right. Now that we have spoken at length about your parents and who are they, what kind of people are they, what are the characteristics and so on, did they explain to you or like, uh, did, they, did you know about them getting separated while it was happening? No, I actually didn't know they were separated till, uh, like, I knew they were apart. But I didn't know, like, the extent of how things were going. Like, they also kind of felt scared about telling me because they're like, oh, we don't want to burst this bubble because, like, how things look now. You think it's, like, all perfect. But, like, seeing as just, like, how hectic things were before, you kind of realize that's not how it is, like, at all. I know. Yeah. I mean, I know that, like, divorce has always been a taboo thing. But I really feel like people should normalize it more because it does happen to like like around 50% of marriages in America. I think we should have a conversation about it. I think we should have had it a long time ago. But I don't know. They don't really feel comfortable, I guess. Right. And what I find interesting about your parents is that not only they got reunited, and they reconciled their differences and got back together. 
but at the same time they also became foster parents did they explain to you or do you know why they choose to become foster parents all i really know about the host becoming foster parents stuff is that they also influenced my aunt to becoming a foster parent and i don't know i guess they kind of also did that together like the whole cuz they have to do multiple classes on it so not really sure maybe to get the experience of having older children because they did always have kids that were like twice my age so i'm not entirely sure on why they had the idea started becoming like the process to become foster parents but i guess those are like my guesses yeah you know when i was young when my parents brought me to like you know the orphanages and like you know places where kids came from really unfortunate and horrible situations it's one of those times that i realized that uh, life is way more complicated than what we think as a teenager things that we complain and act like is a bad thing and so on are actually a blessing compared to what they have so when it comes to you what are the things that you noticed when you within the kids that your parents have fostered and their situations well um like even the foster kid we currently have you kind of notice that like um what her, what happened with her is that her dad was very abusive in the whole family life and she still had her mom she would have visits but you could kind of tell that like she's like oh i already have a mom i don't really care what you say to my mom and what my dad said it's like oh yeah i'll i'll definitely like whatever you say you know cuz she kind of just wanted that father figure there right exactly like uh, by looking at those kids you kind of understood the luxury or the blessing to have both your parents together with you and also being married working through the situations and so on all right well like i said before they do balance each other out and i get that my parents like they kind of have that perfect like um she is kind of stressing everybody out with how she is and my dad's kind of relaxed but i i feel like that's in a lot of relationships that's the way we have the term like the fun dad but i think just that no like that mom is there for like for most of the part it's like mom's there emotionally and dad's there to like protect you kind of and just to have that kind of like even if it's not true at the time just have that peace of mind well recently we actually moved um into this really nice neighborhood with these all like like into the like very suburban area and obviously they couldn't pay for that on their own i think like right now i have a very cushy life and obviously that wouldn't be possible but i have moved from school to school and i don't think that would have changed like cuz i hear that kids have to do that a lot with having divorced parents cuz they do have to move like back and forth between them so i don't i don't think too much would change like as of like, how my life has gone but for emotions i i don't know i never really thought about that well as it's like as i said before like um around 50% of marriages end in divorce in america i have a few friends that have divorced parents and it's just like it's something that happens constantly and it'll probably happen to us when we're older so i i think we should get to know like oh this is probably going to happen you should at least know what it's like now cuz it's all around you i see that uh, you have a lot of opinions when it comes to divorces relationship and so on and i'm just wondering what's your general view when it comes to marriages and divorces and so on by looking at your parents or like by looking at uh, you know the foster kids their parents and so on i mean yeah cuz we're also it's like takes a while to fully develop and there's some kids that 
just kind of, oh yeah, as soon as I get married, my life will come together, which obviously isn't going to happen. It's just, I think you should wait. You should live your life first. Like, um, my parents kind of did that. They did travel for a while um, before they got married. Like, um, they met in college, but they didn't really like, like my mom had me while she was finishing um, one of her degrees. And she had to later on get like, she later on got her master's. And I think if she just would have waited longer, she could have finished school. Like, instead of going back to college when she was like 40, you know? So I think, I think around like 30s or like late 20s would be the best time. Marriage is for taxes. Marriage is for taxes. I, I mean, with my whole generation, we say that a lot. Like, um, I've seen a few articles about like, oh, yeah, um, this generation doesn't like marriage. Or like, that we just have like, like, we're dating forever, you know? It's just, but I mean, it's just letting the government know that you guys are together. <laughs> and I don't really see like, I guess having a wedding would be nice though. <laughs> I don't, I don't really see it as that much of an important thing though. I see. Now, in comparison to that, right, what is your view about parenting as a whole, like just in general? My parents like to compare me a lot to how they were when they were younger. Because they're like, oh, because they're very poor when they were little. Their parents immigrated. And um, they obviously had to work up from almost like completely the bottom. And uh, they're like, oh, well, I had to walk to school for like three miles and I drive you every day. It's like, it's like, why can't you work as hard as we did, you know? And it's just like, we're obviously not the same person and we weren't raised by the same people. So I think for parenting, you just kind of kind of look at the kid and see what they're like and just what do they need as like a parent? And like, even I read some like articles on parenting just to see like, oh, maybe this is what they should have done. Cause I don't know. I don't really plan on having kids. So I don't really focus too much on how I would want to be as a parent, but I think just supporting your kid in what they do and like not taking it too far because my parents like, um, I get disinterested in stuff a lot. So I'll be like, oh, yes, I want, I even want to be a pianist for my career. Like, I'm going to live off of this. And then like a month later, I don't, I don't even want to touch, touch any of the keys. And they bought me like a really nice piano. And it's like, you guys know I do this. Like, it's just, kind of figuring out who your kid is. I see, I see where you're getting at. Now, if you were to define the perfect parent, or if you were to define somebody as being the best parent, how will that person behave and what are the things that they will do? I can't say what it like looks like how I imagine it, but um, just like little situations like that I've had with my parents I'll be like 
oh yeah, if they, if they did this, then they would be like the perfect parents, you know? So I can't say what, like, exactly what everyone needs and like the perfect parent, obviously everyone's different, but just kind of like talking through like what they think they should do. It's not saying, oh, this is what you should be doing. Just like ask, what do you think you should do? And maybe kind of just like, see, oh, would what they're saying work? Or see like, well, maybe we could try like this compromise between the two. Like in school, we, we did have it online. So I didn't actually have any virtual classes. I didn't have to log in to see my teachers. So with that, I felt like, oh, I could just do my classwork at like 11 p.m. and it'd be fine because I just needed to turn it in for that day. And I think that's kind of like, that's a little bit too much independency for me because I'm really bad at holding myself accountable. So I think just like knowing how far to go with that. I don't plan on getting married to a guy. Yeah, I know that if I do have kids, it would either be adoption or like a sperm donor. And um, I mean, maybe adopting a child from the foster care system who's like a little bit older. But I also, I don't, I don't know how good a parent I'll be. Just kind of worries me. Like, I don't know if I want to, because I want, I don't want to say waste that money because kids do cost a lot and I also want to live my life so I'm not sure if I could support a child like that. I find it super interesting that uh, you casually mentioned that you have no intentions of uh, having your own kids. It's a rather adult thought compared to what I hear from most young people. So can you explain a bit about your reasoning behind coming to that particular conclusion? I mean, I think for a while I thought like, if I'm ever going to have a kid, I'm probably going to adopt like a nine-year-old or something. Because I don't, I don't know. Because I do have a, I, I have a five-year-old brother. He was the one crying in the background. And I'm just like, as a parent, what am I going to do? I don't I just walk out of the room. I just like, I don't want to do that. And I know that mess up a kid. Like, no, you need to be there and help them. I don't want to be there. (laughs) That's a part of being a grown up, doing things you're not supposed to be doing, but call it responsibility. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not that good at holding myself accountable. I already know that. I'm also not that great with commitment either. So I also don't really think being a parent is something that I should be trying to trying to do when I know that some of the basic needs of it, I don't got. And why would you say you're not good at commitment or even responsible? How did that, does it have anything to affect with what you've seen through these children as the foster care system comes through? Yeah. And also with um, just everyday stuff, like holding this podcast, I was even scared to do this. Cause I'm like, Hey, that's a, that's a lot. And, um, just like, as I said before, like with piano, I didn't commit to that. Uh, I've done so many sports and in my life, like um, I've done baseball, I've done soccer, dance. I've done, I've done every type of dance. I've done hip hop, I've done break dance, I've done ballet, I've done tap dancing, I've done miracle. and. Even the one I loved the most, I loved hip hop. I loved it. I thought I was going to be a professional dancer. No. And my mom even took me to one of the big companies. They, they won World of Dance. Have you guys heard of that show? And um, just, I messed up once at, at like an audition to be in a performance. And I just kind of broke down. It's like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. It just kind of, it scared me just having like, oh, this is what I'm going to do forever. Because like, you don't know if you're going to love that for the rest of your life. So yeah, I've always been scared of kind of 
what if the next day like oh it's just it's scary it's scary what does family mean to you well i guess having people there that you know like listen if you have a problem or just people you trust and that you know trust you just like friends can be your family obviously and i think i think if i don't like have a traditional family i would be fine cuz i i know i will have friends so for what a family means to me i guess it would just be having people you care about and hope care about you in the same way if i get married to someone who really wants kids and like i truly do love them i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't be like, oh no, you want kids. I don't. Let's completely just stop this like. That's why I said before. I like adopting a 9-year-old just so you don't have like the whole oh like every single thing you do would imprint on them like this that adolescence is like what defines what they're going to be like. And I think if I was there to just I guess kind of help them with what they've been through already, I think I could do that. But yeah, if I was 40 and I had the resources, I I think I would. I even talked about it before like from the ages 9 to 11, I think that's like If you're going to be a foster parent, if you're going to adopt a child, I think that's like like the best age range. And cuz well for me at least cuz um once they're teenagers, they kind of just have like I hate the world, you're not my real parents mentality. And when they're little like it's just every little thing would would change who they are as a person what they're going to be like so i think that like middle ground would be like best for me to kind of help the kid you know i've heard stories from a lot of foster kids about what they've been through and i've seen how many pills some of them have to take too and it's just like with everything they've been through they kind of realized oh It's not sunshines and rainbows, you know? They they've seen it. They've they they felt the real world. So they kind of understand that. One of the worst ones I've ever heard just kind of the mom would bring the boyfriend up like a boyfriend over to the house and have the kid watch as they did like they they practice making babies and and just like here how they would have to like sit there and watch as some random boyfriend came in and you understand that like oh yeah i don't i don't want anyone near me i don't want i don't want you touching me i don't want you to talk to me i understand why they would feel like that you know it just it really scars a person like having to go through that or like even if the parents were together at the time like if it was a good father i think you would like understand like a kid shouldn't be shouldn't be exposed to this kind of stuff you know cuz a kid needs to be like ready for that kind of stuff like they were they were young based on your experience and exposure with the foster care kids and also your parents own marriage your friends your family your auntie and so on right do you think you grew up in a system where things were too sheltered from you or your parents tried to hide those things from you to make sure that uh that you have the most comfortable and a healthy situation where you can grow up in or do you think that there is a different way to do things i i feel like they did try to shelter me but obviously it's like it's like in the movies where the parents try to cover the kids eyes if they could still see through you know and it's like 
they've always kind of had this mentality like, oh, don't burst the bubble. But like they don't realize the bubble is see-through. <laughs> you know? So it's like, yes, I've been protected. I haven't like felt what they've gone through firsthand. But I I still see, I still know what's going on around me. So and as for whether the world is good or bad, I think I think there's a lot of bad people. And I think with that, they know how to get up there. Like I think there's a lot of issues with our government right now. But I feel like there's a lot of good. There is. I've seen it. But I can't say the world is like like good or evil, you know? It's it's kind of in like that gray area over, oh yeah, you'll see like spots of like dark, a lot more actually, of dark, and then you'll see like these bright shining lights of like the good that shows. I feel like I've counted this before. Um I can't even remember how many girls came through. Um as for the boys, there were five. And for the girls, I feel like it was around Nine, ten, one. Yeah, I think it was. Out of your sample site of fifteen children, that that's over how many years? Um. Well, I think we got our first one when we were when I was like, I think you remember how old I was like three, four. So for about like twelve. 12, 13 years. Got it. So on average, we get one new child every year. Yeah, because some would, some would leave in like a few months. We even had some at the same time. So one, we had one that stayed for like two years. You said something interesting. They stay up to two years. How old are these kids when they join? The one we had for two years, the reason he left is because he turned 18. So, like, I remember celebrating his his 17th birthday and that's going to, like, Red Lobster because he really loved it there. And um, just, they're all, I think the youngest one, we had two that were kind of close to my age. They were, I think, 13 or, like, 14 while I was, like, seven years old. And I actually got really attached to both of them. Um, when a girl and one a guy, it's just they were all a lot older than me. So, so they're there for sounds like on average about a year. So, where where do these children go after uh, this child that was thirteen years old, sixteen years old? Where do they go afterwards after Abby if they're not age eighteen? As for the girls, I'm not too sure. I only know the reasons why two of them left. Well, three of them. And um, the boy who was closest to my age, he was not the best influence, I'd say, on me and my cousins. And I guess that's why my parents were kind of scared of like having him there. And another one, I think I told you the story about him. He was like 15. And I was... Yeah. Um, should I say it again so they could hear the podcast? Or Yeah, sure. Um, one of the boys, he was 15. He had just gotten a new phone and um, he looked up adult content on people who look like me. Just tried to find something, you know. And my parents looked on his phone and saw that and he tried to blame it on his friend, even though... He didn't have anyone there. And so they kind of, they discreetly had him leave. And I had no idea why till like two, three years later. Do these foster kids often move from one foster parent to the other? Um, I'm pretty sure that has happened with some of the kids, like, or maybe their aunts or grandparents will then get custody or they'll find a family. Or like we could just be housing them for a while 
until like another family adopts them. Um, we even had one, she was our first one. Um, and we had her up until she left to college. And, um, even now she still comes and visits. Like I see her as a sister because she's been with us. She's been with me for my whole life. So it's, it's many different reasons. I, I can't like, say for sure why they would leave. I'm just curious about the kids who live in this kind of foster parent arrangement. Do they end up actually meeting or reconnecting with their actual parents or they're completely removed from their parents? Yeah. And I'll also hear like they do visits. So like um, my parents will have to take them to to either the facility or they'll meet like at a park or something and I'll have to go. We drop them off. They'll be with them for like two, three hours and then we have to pick them up. So I do hear about like, Oh, what did their parents talk to them about? Cause I was a little kid and I guess they felt like I wouldn't really remember either. I understand. But why were the parents separated from the kids in the first place? It would either be parents or drug addicts or alcoholics and it obviously wasn't safe there at their house. Um, they were abused or um, I I was really close friends with one. She was my age, we were a few months apart. She didn't live at our house, but she lived at my aunt's. And um, her parents weren't, were also kind of like neglect and like, like they were addicts. So she got sent to her grandparents who neglected her even more. And um, like, it's like everything they got to take care of her. Like they do send them money and it would go straight to her younger brother. So she got basically nothing. And then her brother would have like the iPhone 11, like the next day. And I know she resented him for that. And it's like, you just, you see it and you're like wishing you could do something. What do you think if the, what do you think the kids can do if they got separated from their parent due to some unjust reasons and they're trying to reach out but they can't because one of the parents alienated them from the other parent? There's not much you can say other than it will get better because, but obviously that wouldn't mean too much from me. But the kids do get a lot. I mean, they get therapy. They do have medication. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell them, like, well, the world isn't so bad. I guess you kind of got to show them that. Like, with living with my parents, they do see that, like, they can have a family here. And I guess that was the best way to get them to realize that there's stuff worth living for, you know, because some things happened in your past. You shouldn't just stop right there and give up. I don't think there's really much I can tell them other than just trying to show them that they are cared about. I don't know what to say. I've had friends who've been in the foster care system. Two of them have gotten adopted. I don't know what to say, though, because it's like usually they'll tell me what happened and I'll just listen. And I just apologize because I know it's not my fault, but I just feel bad. And it's like, there's not much I can do. And I really don't know what to say. I'm not really good in those situations. Like, I hate crying myself. <laughs> I don't know what to do when someone else is crying. Um, so I don't... A lot of people have gone through their parents getting a divorce. And that um, 
they still love you even if they can't if they don't have that love they had before for each other if you hate your parents i mean well i obviously know you wouldn't actually hate them you got just frustrated with the situation so i'd probably just joke around with you about it kind of just tell you how dumb you're being saying you hate them do any of these kids from the foster care system hate their parents yeah um melinda um the sister i currently have um she's told me how she hates her mom because she went back to her dad and uh that's why they stopped having visits with her mom so i i have heard that she does hate her mom and i mean i understand where she's coming from but i do know like she still does kind of love her mom but at the same time i'm wondering if her mom is worth that love at that point. What did the mom do exactly? I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but it's not um, review. The dad was very abusive in the relationship and the mom was a bit neglect, like kind of neglectful towards it and her. And um, the mom was still part of her life when we first got her. And um, later we found out the mom was still in contact and still in a relationship with the father even though part of the agreement was that she wouldn't be speaking to him at all anymore. So I guess she also kind of felt that betrayal that her mom would pick her dad over her. Right. Speaking with other experts within this podcast, right? So they mentioned that there is a gender bias when it comes to the family court system in many countries. What is your opinion on that? Yeah, because a lot of the times the mom will lie for like more custody and um i've even heard a lot of different stories not even from like friends just also kind of on the internet of um like people just kind of like oh if you say that he hit you like once and then you'll get like full custody because how the government works is like they'll always kind of lean towards the mom for that kind of situation so it's like you kind of see that that doesn't really make sense, but I can't really do anything because no one will listen to me in, in that situation. Right. And my last question to you is that, you know, there's a lot of parents out there who have gaslighted their kids into believing false things about the other parent, as we call it, the alienator, gaslights the children to alienate the left behind parent, right? So what's your advice when it comes to the kids who are having false assumptions about one of their parents? To really look at the situation and see, like, you really believe your mom? Like, you really believe that that happened? Or that your dad did that? And just kind of, just kind of work it out with you to see, like, like, you love your mom and you want to believe her, but you ought to also look at what she's saying. So. I think I'd kind of just talk with you about it, get a better better understanding of what's going on. If it's just the system blocking the parents, I they do have a reason. But if it's just the mom just not wanting you to contact the dad, I guess just go to somebody, a trusted adult, your social worker, your therapist, and just try to explain to them that you at least just want to call them and see what you can do just to just to reach out i mean if they're blocking it on your device on their device you could always just go to um obviously like the social worker and see oh can i use your phone to call them you know what if this was a kid that's not in the foster care system this was what if this child was alienated from the father and the mom just refuses to let the child connect with with the father. Mm-hmm. It's, I guess you would still be going to school at that point. So if you could like write down or memorize his number, just at least try to use a friend, go to the school about it and see if they could 
get that because usually you have to put in both parents' information. So maybe the school could call him. So it's kind of just go to a trusted adult. That's what they always say because it's right. Just try to find someone. And if there was a search engine uh, online, say, to look for a lost parent to search for, say, your mom or your dad, and you've been disconnected with them for a couple of years, if you knew about it, would you use it? Yeah, I mean, I guess Facebook, you could kind of do that stuff, but still, it's a lot harder because some people might only put their real name. And if you spell it miscorrectly, like, there's so many people. So I guess if if you were both trying to contact each other and there was a website like that, it would be great to just easily connect like that. Yep, that's exactly what Find My Parent is all about, right? With that said, thank you, Jaden, again for being on this podcast and talking to us about all these heavy topics. I wish you all the best with everything that you're pursuing in the future. Now, I would like to remind everyone that our goal here is to share knowledge with you guys and show that you're not alone in this. But with that said, if you need specific legal advice, please get an independent advice from a qualified legal practitioner. If you are a minor and you happen to have difficulties in understanding certain parts within this episode, please approach a responsible adult and or someone knowledgeable and ask them for clarifications. We have done our best to make sure that it doesn't offend anyone. And if you have further questions or comments regarding Find My Parent or this interview, you can always email me at sk at findmyparent.org. If you're someone who got separated from your own parent or children and would like to find them again, please go to findmyparent.org and fill out your details. With the help of our smart algorithms and matching technology, we hope to help you find your alienated parent again. If you're part of an NGO, or even a private company passionate about this topic, please reach out through the contact us page in findmyparent.org and we hope to work together with you. All right, folks, that's it for this week. Speak to you next week. Take care. Till then.